Sci-Fi Channel. Next, the Earth has become a wasteland, and a new god rules without mercy. But in the hearts of a brave few, the battle is far from over. You can die however you want. Nothing will change. It will change. Take me with you. I can help. When there's nothing to lose, freedom becomes more than a dream. I told you I could help. What's your name? It's Rand. Hop on. The enemy's coming. The Rotoists are attacking. Legend Ron, next on the Sci-Fi Channel. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Anime Nostalgia Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dawn, and today we are revisiting my ongoing series for the podcast of anime that was shown on Sci-Fi Channel's Saturday Anime Block back in the 90s in the United States. Uh, For those of you who haven't been listening to those episodes, uh, I do tag them under the Saturday Anime title, so you can go back and listen to all the ones we've covered so far. But this month, we are talking about one that uh, I don't think was ever, like, super-duper popular, but was on Saturday Anime and Sci-Fi Channel in general several times, uh, which is Green Legend Ran. And with me today to talk about Green Legend Ran is none other than... None, 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 other. The artist formerly known as Nitro... Mr. M-Disc Playlist himself, Mitty. Hello, Mitty. Hi. I cannot <laughs> wait to talk about this classic. Question mark? Classic? <laughs> this is one that, like, I've been kind of wanting to revisit because, like, I remember watching it on Sci-Fi Channel back in the day, and I... I know I recorded it off of TV on on VHS. I know I recorded it off of TV. And I had you and a bunch of others. A bunch of other people. Myself included. <laughs> and I know I watched it more than once. But I couldn't remember <laughs> if I liked it or not. It was like, I guess it left a kind of meh impression on me. Because I remember having it and watching it. But I couldn't remember anything like specific about it really uh so i'd been wanting to revisit it for quite a long time and this gave me the perfect excuse because i know you uh when i came to you you said that uh if i was willing to rewatch it you were willing to rewatch it and yes. we would rewatch it together which we did today yeah because one cannot do it on their own <laughs> Because I, too, had trouble deciding if I, how I felt about the movie. Mm. Well, not, I shouldn't say movie, the OVA. It was presented as a movie, but. Yeah, that's part of the history. We'll, we'll go into it. Oh, well, I'm sorry. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> um, so I guess we should start out by saying, like, this originally didn't air as part of the Sci-Fi Channel's Saturday Anime Block. It actually premiered on the Sci-Fi Channel as part of their uh, summer... What was it like? 
sensational summer or something and it was in their their week of like anime 97 which was like which you know, sense was it sensory yeah it was like summer sense sensory thing it was weird the summer sensory thing yeah it was weird live in anime 1997 yeah. sponsored by burger king yeah. <laughs> we'll get into that too um but but yeah, it was part of this like thing where they had like a billion names going on, but it was like the Anime 97 week that they had uh the summer of 1997. But after that, it did air on their Saturday anime block at least once or twice because I know that's where I recorded it from. Uh, way more than once or twice. <laughs> So I think, I think it aired once every two months. Yeah, when when Saturday Anime got a new title in their rotation, they they would rotate it for like a couple of uh, weekends for a few months until they rotated it out for something else. So it definitely aired on the Saturday Anime block multiple times. Yes, but uh, it premiered on their summer. Sensory. Sensory thing. <laughs> I should have written this down because it was so bizarre. I eat, was like, eat a, eat a whopper while you're whopped with all of these images. <laughs> whopped in the face. With all these edgy anime screenshots and out of context clips of everything being ultra violent and ultra sexy. Yeah, because that's what anime is, right? That's, that's what to- anime totally is. Anime is. Not expected. It's not expected. Absolutely not for kids. That's <laughs> what. That's, it, that's a whole other. That's channel. what anime. That's what anime was until Sailor Moon aired on Toonami. Oh, of course. Or I should say Pokemon in 1998. Yeah, but so that was my introduction to the, uh, Green Legend Brand as well. Was that your first introduction to it? Not during that time, no. Oh, really? Nah. What was your introduction to Green Legend, Ram? It was completely accidental. Oh? I was flipping through channels, I guess, on one night, and then I flipped to sci-fi, and there was Green Legend, Ram. It was one of the scenes near the end of the film, though. Uh Uh-oh. Can I specifically say what it is? It's not really a spoiler-type deal. It's the scene where... Ira is in the room with all the bishops. I flip through channels and then I see that. The, oh, the weird looking bishops confronting this girl in this fairy like outfit, and I'm like, what is this? Where they're like picking apart her yeah, 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 yeah. Her hair and like, Yeah, that her scene. Looks. That scene. Oh, that's a weird epi- <laughs> That's a weird scene to like land on. You're like, what the fuck that, is going on? What is this? What is that? I want to see more of it. <laughs> Why do I want to see more of this? Yeah, I I don't know if I would have wanted to uh, watch it if that was what I had first saw. Of the, well, of the I was a, I was a weird child that wanted that fell for all the anime is edgy propaganda. Oh, so yeah. of course, of course, as soon as I read on TV Guide that Green Legend Ran was going to air the next weekend, this is my chance. I want to understand the context of that. I want to see the whole dang film. You're like, what the hell is going on? I need to know. Yes. I'm intrigued. (laughs) So to get a little bit into the history of Green Legend Ran, before it became uh, a Saturday anime title on 
American TV. Uh, so Green Legend Rand originally was released in Japan, like you said, as a three-part OVA between 1992 and 1993 from Pioneer Animation, which, you know, later on would be renamed as you youngins might <laughs> be more familiar with Genion Entertainment. It was originally shown, like I said, as part of their Anime 97 week. Uh, so Pioneer would also release this uh, title, Green Legend Ran, on VHS, Laserdisc, and later to DVD. The Laserdisc was especially cool because it had, I believe, all three episodes on one Laserdisc. Wow, innovative. Yeah, which was like, whoa, big deal, big deal. Uh, otherwise, you had to buy, if you were buying VHS, you had to buy each episode separately. So three different VHS tapes. Mm -hmm. So, and then later Pioneer also released a DVD. A very terrible DVD, mind you. Yeah, this was when DVD was in its infancy, mind you. DVDs were still, like, incredibly new, so the DVD is not that great. Um, you pop the DVD in the DVD player, you don't get menus, you don't yeah. get any of that. It just goes straight through the film, and you're expected to manually do whichever language you want, whichever subtitles you want on your own with the remotes. Mm -hmm. There was no little menu right away that asked you, what do you want? How do you want to watch this? Yeah, that's because like menus were still kind of like a new idea when it came to this kind of media. Menus were a new idea in DVDs. Menus in Green Legend ran non-existent. <laughs> uh I had a few people actually, when we were talking about this, point out that this was also a DVD that when Pioneer first released it, it came out in like those little jewel cases that you would see like a CD released in, not like a full size DVD Amore case, uh, which is interesting because like several of their... Uh, anime releases, they also did that when DVDs were first a thing, like Tenchi Muyo, they did uh, a release like that. Uh, I believe they also released the first Dragon Ball Z, like, movie, The Tree of Might, uh, that way. Yeah. Uh, but I then subsequent releases, they were like, oh, okay, now we're going with the, the format that, you know, became the standard, which was the, you know, the black DVD case. Uh, but back then, there was really no standard yet because, like I said, DVDs were still, like, really super new. So You could definitely tell with that release. Yeah, so if you actually ever find one of those, they're kind of rare now because I've only ever seen photos of them. I've never actually seen like an actual physical release of it i uh, have oh really uh i'll get to it later but i the how i know about the dvd being so bare bones was uh i rented it on netflix when netflix did dvd rentals oh way back which isn't at this far back but still uh pretty far back um remember when netflix was a dvd rental service apparently they still do that I find that hard to believe. No, apparently there are people who still do the, the DVD rentals. There is uh, a more recent DVD release. In 2017, Sentai actually released it on DVD. But it looks like that version is already out of print now. So technically, uh, as of this recording, Green Legend Ran is once again out of print and not available. Dang. But the, you've told me that the Sentai release said... Uh, omitted some extras yeah while the 
uh, Pioneer release was pretty bare bones. It did have a director's commentary track for the release that you could access um, through your remote. Uh, but Sentai's version did not have that ver- that uh, commentary track in it. So they traded a menu for a director's commentary. <laughs> yeah, and the picture quality isn't even that much of an upgrade from what I hear. They basically just took the uh, the pioneer audio and video and slapped it on a dvd which in 2017 uh, yeah that's not good yeah so like uh if you're doing uh any shopping and you want to get a physical copy of this to watch uh in the year 2023 for some reason uh i would go for the pioneer release uh over the sentai release just for that because uh, even though the Sentai release, like, I don't know, the picture quality might be just a tiny bit better. It's it's not worth it to omit the, the director's commentary, which I think is actually, like... Legit- Good luck finding it, though. Legitimately interesting. No, you can still find the Green Legend Ran DVD, like, on Amazon. I meant good luck finding the director's commentary in the DVD. <laughs> yeah, you have, to, you have to scroll through all the audio tracks to find it, but it is in there. Somewhere. <laughs> You'll find it. You just have to push a button or ten. <laughs> but um, yeah, like you mentioned before, the when it was aired on Sci-Fi Channel back in the nineties on TV, they stitched the OVA together into like a quote movie, uh, and they edited it slightly for slightly <laughs> for commercials and for TV time restraints and for. Uh, you know, TV censorship or whatever. Well, I, I, yeah, I actually, I take that back. You are right. They did edit it slightly because while you were allowed to see all the blood and all the torture, you could not see Booba. Well, they did take out a couple of instances of blood and body horror, I noticed. Uh, but like, they left in parts where like people got shot and you could see like blood like Yeah, yeah, they kept most of the violence intact. Yes, but but, but you can't see Booba. No. There there were some instances where there is a sort of like spirit character and they have like these like perfect nippleless Barbie boobs. <laughs> but we can't have even, like, the hint of boob on TV, which was ridiculous because this was cable. So it's not like... This, this was, was cable in America, my <laughs> friends. Well, now you, you you watch, like, you know, if you go on FX or whatever... You say now. <laughs> like, can, this was the norm back you then. You can see full ass and titty on cable TV. But, but back then, for, uh-uh. s- for some reason on, like, basic cable, you could not see even, like, something that suggested a boob. Unless you were watching late-night music videos on MTV. Yeah. <laughs> or something. Even then, like... Uh, but I thought it was really funny because they... Their, their fix for this was to zoom the picture in and crop the bottom half of the, <laughs> the woman off. So, like, you, it would just be, like, this really still frame of, like, from the neck up. And it looked, like, kind of, like, blurry. They didn't, they didn't have the technology to add digital swimsuits. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> we, we haven't, we haven't reached tsunami era yet at this point. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't have the technology for digital swimsuits. Or they were just being cheap. That too. <laughs> it's probably cheaper because if I recall, I remember reading 
somewhere that uh, it was like, oh, it was when Funimation was like editing uh, Dragon Ball Z and they had to do like all the color correcting on things to like make it look like, you know, uh, Goku's beer wasn't like a beer. It was like a root beer or something or whatever. It cost like a hundred dollars a frame to edit that stuff. And that would add up pretty quickly. And so I'm like, yeah, I can see why they were just like, oh, just zoom in on this part and crop out her boobs. <laughs> but keep all the violence. Yeah, keep most of the violence because that's fine. We can keep most of it. Uh, just when it gets to like the weirdo body horror shit, uh, we gotta cr- crop some of that out. You know, cut some of that out because uh, that might be a little too scary. <laughs> For the sci-fi channel at 1 a.m., depending on your time zone. Yeah, well, depending on where you lived, you either got to watch Saturday anime really early or really late. Or you could just be like me and set your timer on your VCR. exactly. (laughs) And watch it whenever you want. Yeah, watch it whenever. Watch the violence and the cropped out booba at 12 (laughs) p.m. in broad daylight with the windows open. So, fun fact, if you listened to my Rosian Z episode on Sci-Fi Channel, airing of Rosian Z, I was able to do something similar where I was able to find a digital digital upload of a VHS recording of Sci-Fi Channel's broadcast of Green Legend Ran. So when we rewatched it, we were able to rewatch it as it aired on TV back in 1997. So big shout out to the cool person who, you know, saved that videotape and ripped it and archived it onto the internet if you are somehow listening to this podcast. And if you weren't around in the before times to experience that, now you can... Uh, do that. It's pretty easy to find on YouTube. Yeah, it was um, so fun watching that exciting adventure of Haruko. <laughs> and um, I only promote this because, you know, one, this title is technically out of print. So, uh, you know, there's no legal way to watch it in the first place. Uh, and two, it's great for, you know, historical slash archival purposes for you younger folks to see what it was like to have to watch our anime on TV before there was like streaming inside what they're what they're saying right now is make up make what you will with this information do what you want with this knowledge yes i give you this knowledge uh it it is up to you with how you use it (laughs) interpret it how you want (laughs) and if you like it enough you know the dvd also exists even though it again it's out of print so like you know but getting to the actual uh quote movie (laughs) or should you know ova the Saturday anime movie version experience. <laughs> yes. So the visual media. Yes. So uh, this series, this series slash movie, is an original property. So it's not based off of anything that already existed. It's not based off a of manga. It's not play- based off a of video game. However, it is very informed by a lot of things that came before it. Oh, it sure is. <laughs> it absolutely is. Like, uh, I I vaguely remembered when I was watching this that it kind of reminded me of Nausicaa, the Valley of Wind, because the basic story of Green Legend Ran is that, um, you know, in the far off future, the, the Earth... much like it is right now, uh, has been totally polluted by humans 
and we're not taking very good care of the Earth. Hot take. Uh, <laughs> and uh, aliens come down and are like, hey, you're taking, like, really shitty care of your planet, so we're going to sap all your resources for ourselves and fuck you. And so... Earth is turned into basically a giant desert planet, save for these tiny little oasis areas where long, long, long ago, the aliens landed on the planet. So there's like uh, different areas and they're literally called like green one, green two, green three, you know, numbered like little areas uh, around the planet where people can still survive because there's just a tiny amount of humanity that survived. And they're living on these tiny little oasis spots. And... See, that um, sounds familiar. Yeah. And there's no water. Like, it's really hard to find water. You can only find water in these uh, very uh, far apart areas where you dig wells. And it never rains anymore. Uh, you see one character talking about when I was a girl and water used to fall from the sky. And the kids are like, that's ridiculous. Who ever heard of water falling from the sky? Cue water world, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> or Mad Max even. Oh, yeah, true, true. Yeah, I was thinking Mad Max because on top of all that, you had all these factions mm -hmm. gunning each other down. Yeah, and you had like... Uh, the, the, the uber religious faction, which, like, basically believes that the aliens that came down. The rotists. Uh, were, like, you know, messengers from God and we have to worship them. Uh, or they'll take away our, our precious resources of water and, you know, what little, uh, green earth that we have left and then you have the hazards which are kind of like a extremist mercenary group yeah or... they're kind of like a environmental terrorist group who are like you know we need to take back our our land by and, any means necessary yeah, by violence uh by any means necessary so you have the rotists the hazards are, th there was one other group, but I'm sure we'll get to that as we talk about the plot. Green Legend Rand kind of feels like a mix of a lot of things now that I'm older and I have seen a lot more things. Um, like when we were watching it, it, the big one is obviously Future Boy Conan. Yep, absolutely. Like that 100%. Like Only only you suck out all the water. Yeah. There, instead otherwise, of, otherwise, the parallels to Future Boy Conan. <laughs> yeah. Instead of uh, sailing through water in, in Green Legend Ram, they're sailing through the desert. <laughs> so it's like swap water for sand and it's basically Future Boy Conan. Even like the main characters in Green Legend Ram are, you know, like a, a scrappy little guy and a more sort of like... Uh, knowledgeable girl mm -hmm. who has a tendency to get captured, even though she's like kind of tough and and scrappy herself sometimes. But she is also very important to the plot. Yeah, very important to the plot. So um, there you go. Has just like Future Boy Conan has special powers, maybe. Mm -hmm. Just like Future Boy Conan. Just like Future Boy Conan. Um, but there's also bits that kind of also. Reminded me, like I said before, of Nausicaa with, you know, the whole, well, we have to take care of the planet or these aliens are going to, like, 
fucking blow everything up, man. And then, uh, and then Mad Max, where everybody's fighting each other mm-hmm. and can't agree on one thing. Yeah. And this time around, I was also like, oh, yeah, I, I also see kind of inklings of um, Nadia, the Secret of Blue Water. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With the designs of the Rotists, especially, how they have that sort of cult-like look to them. Especially the when we see the guys fighting with the guns. Uh, and they have like those weird purple lips and the red uniforms with the hoods. Oh, I was while watching it, I was thinking, why does that remind me of something? It reminds me of something. I couldn't put my finger on it. It just it just popped in my head. They kind of remind me of of the bad guy in Rock and Roll almost. Oh, Mark. Yes. Oh, kind of. Yeah. Huh. Like, this looks this aesthetic looks so familiar. Oh yeah, that guy from Rock and Roll. Huh, I wonder if that was um an inspiration or anything. That is sort of like a a deep cut, but like, you know, not impossible. It was a cult film, but, so. But if you watch any of my videos, I'm full of deep cuts. <laughs> true. True. That's a good point. But yeah, anime like that, it it definitely was like Green Legend Ren was highly informed by those kinds of things. And you know, you brought up Mad Max and that's uh also a huge thing throughout anime, especially through the 80s and 90s. So like that would not surprise me at all if like the writers and creators were like big Mad Max fans mm. <laughs> because that was something that was inescapable in anime. I mean, uh <laughs> hello, uh Fist of the North Star. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it kind of reminds me of, like, a mishmash of all of those things. And, and that's not to say that this was, like, this is not me saying, like, ooh, this is just a direct copy of all of those things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nah, so, ma- so many great things that we watch or play or read, they're com- compilations of what inspires us. Yeah, yeah. And plus, nothing wrong with that. Plus, this is, um, this was a, a production by AIC, and AIC kind of takes a lot of their inspirations and wears them like very blatantly on their sleeve. So, yeah, nothing wrong with that. Though. Yeah, so not surprising at all. Plus, like, everyone <laughs> was trying to make a future boy, their version of Future Boy Conan for a while, because Future Boy Conan is like so prolific in anime history. That, like, you can't escape it. So, it's not a surprise at all. I would say, though, mm, is is it good? <laughs> and that is what we will discuss. And that is what we will discuss, discuss today. So, overall, the... the We're big- sounding like a clickbait article now. Is Green Legend Rand good? Is it good? We, we just need a picture of you and me looking very shocked or whatever. For, for our YouTube thumbnail? <laughs> like, yeah. No, we have to look like we're yelling at the, the viewer and pointing at them. No, you could look you could look like you're yelling and I can look like the cat that's very confused as to what's going on. Like, just like I am every time I think about that movie. <laughs> it, so I don't want to really like spoil anything for people because... You know, I want the people who have never seen this movie to, like, give it a watch because it is very interesting to see how, like, something in the 90s that was so informed by all of these, like, older things. Uh, although I guess, like, the the newest thing that it would have been informed by would be Nadia. 
but uh, and that was like early 90s as well. But I think what makes Green Legend Ranch stand out at that time for some people that grew up with Saturday anime was that it, you, we talk about and we talk about Green Legend Rand being inspired by all these things, but Green Legend Rand at the time was way more accessible than all those things. Exactly. Like, if you were living in the U.S. and you were a very baby anime fan, you probably had never heard of things like Future Boy Conan, Nasuka of the Valley of Wind, Secret of the I mean, Blue ch- Water. chances are this is probably the very first anime that has a world bad, protect the environment or I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> this is probably the first anime you've seen that has that trope. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Yeah, it was yeah. my it was my first anime with a with a trope like that as well. Yeah, yeah. Like if you weren't renting videos uh, in the eighties and you never saw Warriors of the Wind, <laughs> then very glad for that. <laughs> then, as someone that's watched Clash of the Bionoids, <laughs> then then you would have never you know seen something like this. And I think that. I think that was what Pioneer, especially in America, the American arm of Pioneer was hoping for. They were like, oh, well, like, you know, Earth Day is a thing now. Environmentalism is, like, starting to be a thing that's important to young people. So, like, this sort of sci-fi anime, uh, you know, post-apocalyptic Mad Max thing with an environmental message could be, you know, something that people are interested in. And honestly... When I was looking up uh, the title on the internet, like, at various points, it was interesting to see how many people saw this as, you know, young people and were like, wow, this is actually really cool. Like, where can I watch more things like this? And, like, it was so cool to see, like, an anime that was like, you know, oh, my God, we got to protect the earth or, you know, shitty things will happen. So, uh, so you, you're you're saying that Green Legend Ran is the roots of <laughs> all these, all these introductions to other environmental friendly anime. But um, to some people, yeah, this this was like like a real forgotten gem for them. They were like, oh, I saw this and it like blew my mind as a kid, and I thought it was like so different and so cool and special. Yeah, that's one way to put it. <laughs> Compared to what all Saturday anime showed back then. Yeah, there were some things that were, like, a really big hit or a really big miss. This, I feel, was more like... Whether you liked it or not, Green Legend Ran really did come across as different from most of the other things. Because of the Rotists alone. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I feel like because of this, it's sort of like... This is a title that's kind of middling because like if you were like a younger anime fan who'd never seen some of this other stuff, you'd be like, oh, my God, this is so cool. Like, you know, I've seen some people say, but if you're an older anime fan and you know Future Boy Conan or Nausicaa or any of those other things we talked about, you'd be like, oh, I've seen this already. I don't need to watch another anime. Like I, I got what I wanted from those things. I don't really need another one, which is fair. Green Legend Rand, I wouldn't say, is like, you know, an Oscar-worthy anime or anything. <laughs> no. It's not like, you know, up there in the Pantheon with, like, uh, Akira or Ghost in the Shell or something. But it's also not the same kind of anime. I don't think anybody's thing. expecting it to be even close no, to that. No, no, no. But is it worth maybe watching once or twice? Uh, Helen McCarthy thinks so. Yeah. <laughs> and who would 
argue with her. Nobody. She's great. Only fools would. Only a fool. Fool and clown makeup would. <laughs> oh, but yeah. So why don't we talk about the 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 OVA itself and what actually happened and some of the parts that we actually liked of it. Like we've already said, it's kind of like a a Nausicaa or a Future Boy Conan thing where like it's in this post-apocalyptic future. A girl who seems to be like a chosen one uh, gets kidnapped and young scrappy Ran who had befriended her has to save her from these... uh, Religious environmental... Befriended and fell in love with on first sight. Of course. You know, as you do in an anime. Mm-hmm. And, you know, action and wackiness ensues. <laughs> I mean, that's that's very broad strokes in a nutshell. And I, I think it's also... I, I don't know if I'm going ahead or behind on this. But it's also worth pointing out that, that all of this, that all this adventuring, all this... Action. All this action, meeting... Ira going through all the groups. It all started with a quest for vengeance because poor Ran, he lost his mom to a mysterious man with a scar across his chest. And he has since, since been longing for the day to find that man. Oh, yes. That part actually kind of reminded me a lot of, um, Galaxy, Galaxy Express. Express nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I was going to point that out later. That um that was also like something kind of unexpected that while we were rewatching this, I was like, "Oh, that might be another reason why they wanted to show this because there's also that like sort of like vengeance angle that kind of goes throughout and it's very similar to Galaxy Express Galaxy Express 39 where Tetsuro is like, "I'm going to kill Count Mecha and get revenge for him killing my mom. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it's it's a very sort of like Princess Bride, like you killed my father, prepare to die sort of scenario <laughs> going on. Now I just want to see clips of Ran talking to the man with the scar across his chest with audio clips from that movie. <laughs> from Princess Bride. <laughs> my name is Inigo Madoya. You killed my mother. Prepare to die. <laughs> My name is Inigo Ran. <laughs> Inigo Ran. <laughs> but um, something else that I thought was cool about this series slash movie version that we watched, um, which is basically, you know, we say movie version, but it's basically just like Sci-Fi Channel just squished all three OVAs. Together, it was basically like watching all of the OVAs back to back to back. Since this is a study, a Saturday anime study, wouldn't it be easier to just say movie? Because I think most people that grew up or even discovered Green Legend ran through Saturday anime, myself included, mm. associated as a movie more than an OVA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, something I thought was really cool about it was the the animation is actually way better than I remembered it being. I'm not gonna lie i kind of felt the same way yeah there are some cuts of this uh movie as you say that look really really cool and i will say if you are photosensitive though there is 
quite a few times where there's a lot of flashing lights. Oh, the flashing. It is bad. Yeah. This is early 90s, you know, remember. So this was before people kind of gave a shit about photosensitivity. So if you are sensitive to that kind of thing, uh, heavy, heavy warning that there are multiple times where they just like flash like crazy in this and it even i mean i'm not that photosensitive but even i was like whoa this is hard to watch this part (laughs) like (laughs) but um but the animation in this is really cool there's a lot of really great like character animation in this like the facial expressions are really fun the movement and the action is really cool there's the dream the dream sequences all the dream sequences are so neat Mm -hmm. uh the 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 weird like spirit the uh the silver haired the silver maiden yeah the silver maiden thing is so creepy at times and i love that like i think for me i like the creepy stuff (gasps) me too the most i kept thinking like i wish they would have gone full creepy with some of this instead of just kind of creepy here and there because i was like if this leaned in more on like the body horror stuff that they kind of hint at i would have loved this 10 times more (laughs) A hundred times more. but that's, you, would have, you would have saved this for our October's episode. Yeah, but, you know, I'm also a fan of the horror genre anyway. So, like... Yeah, you are. Duh, of course, I really like that part. Uh, incidentally, those are parts that, like, the Sci-Fi Channel did cut a bit. Understandably. Uh, because there's parts where, like, you see people like morphing into trees and it's legitimately like drawn kind of horrifically and it's kind of (laughs) cool like i really was like whoa like that would be horrifying wouldn't it to like have like all the humans turning into trees like i mean for me it's like uh green legend ran kind of gave me that ah this is this is all right this is fine i've seen this type of animation before nothing special oh look at all this horror look at what the rotists are doing yeah yeah it's it's really really uh i really wish they would have leaned more into that because i thought that was like extremely cool i feel like if you were watching this in the like the three part ova version then that might be more impactful because you're not really expecting it, right? You're watching, oh, this, like, environmental action, like, sci-fi romp. And then all of a sudden it turns into, like, creepy body horror. And you're like, what the fuck? (laughs) You know? Uh, But then it goes right back. And you're like, oh, okay. It's got a little bit of everything. Yeah, it does have a little bit of everything. Comedy, drama, romance, horror. (laughs) Cosmic body horror. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, wait, what? <laughs> and booba. Wait a minute. <laughs> and there's nippleless boobs. Hooray! Wait, what? <laughs> but um, I really, really loved those parts, and they were animated so coolly. Like the the flow of how like that uh, the silver haired maiden slash the the weird alien spirit thing moved it moved kind of like liquidy like almost like a ghost or 
or slime or something. It was very fluid and cool looking. And it had They like, probably mo- spent most of their budget on that. <laughs> most of their time. Yeah. Uh I really really enjoyed like those those pieces of animation. Like that's some of my favorite parts. Uh there was also like a part where I think Ran is dreaming and he has a nightmare and he sees Ira as like she looks up and her face is like a tree. Her face mm. is just face full of leaves. And that is a really neat cut too. Like or, or when Ira uh, has that hallucination and she turns around and sees Ran for a moment and then Oh and he turns into goo. He turn it just turns into a splooch of water yeah. and then suddenly it becomes the worst kind of wet dream. <laughs> yeah, it becomes a flood and she almost drowns. Yeah, that was cool. Like those were really neat cuts in the in the movie. And I was like, dang, like I kind of wish there was more of that. Because one thing I will say is that, you know, how I mentioned like a few moments ago, how like I feel like it would be more impactful if you did watch this like in parts as it was originally released, like, you know, one OVA, two OVA, three OVA. I feel like when you stitch this together into a movie, I don't think it flows as well because there are real, there are parts where we were like watching this and I was just like, okay, I know we have to like do all this stuff to get from this point to the next point, but this is kind of like, the flow is weird. Like, it almost feels boring. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I know we have to set up this part of the story and this part of the story. But in my head, I was like, can't we just, like, skip all this and get to more of the cool stuff? Yeah, it does, it, it does seem like uh, time skips ahead rather abruptly in certain parts. And I'm wondering if that's supposed to be the in-between OVAs, in between part one and part two, in between part two and part three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the passage of time is also weird. Like that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's hard to decipher if this is happening over the course of hours, days, or weeks because, like, there's no real indication as to like how quickly time is passing because it just seems to abruptly jump from one scene to another. And again, I think that's because we're just watching all these OVAs back to back to back. But. Like, like I said, I think most people that discovered this through Sci-Fi Channel yeah. didn't realize it was an OVA at the time. Yeah, so it, it feels like really weird as a, if you're wa- if you're thinking of it as a movie. I don't think it works as well. Mm. Uh, so that's like something that if you're watching it that way, <laughs> if you're watching it in movie format, I don't think that it does any favors that way. Which is unfortunate because like. I feel like this is a problem with a lot of OVAs. Like if you sit down and you watch like a whole OVA series back to back to back, sometimes it doesn't work. Uh, Not all OVAs can be like Giant Robo, Don. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Unfortunately, uh, that's a big ask. We can't make every OVA as good as Giant Robo. Unfortunately, as much as we would love that. Nah, not happening. (laughs) Not happening. Um... So that is a slight problem for me personally. I don't think it flows super great as a movie. Uh, So there might be times where you feel like, okay, I have to pause this and like get up, stretch, go to the bathroom, have lunch, maybe come back in an hour. That's why those commercial breaks were kept in that video (laughs) upload. (laughs) Which was also 
also really fun to watch because you're like, man, there's a lot of like really 90s commercials in here. <laughs> like uh, that Burger King combo for slightly less than $4. Oh, man. Remember when fast food was actually like super cheap? There was also, what were the other commercials? We kept seeing commercials for Dentine Ice, which is like a very 90s thing. 1-800-COLLECT. Oh, yeah. We saw 1-800-COLLECT commercials. Toaster strudels. We saw toaster strudels. Uh, another very 90s thing to see commercials for. And sci-fi channel stuff. Yeah, there was there were commercials for MST3K. <laughs> Why are we getting a little off track here? <laughs> we're getting distracted by the upload itself. When we should be talking about the visual media itself. Yes, yes, the actual anime. You're right. Yes. You're right, you're right. The, the visual media and its... It's wonderful dub. <laughs> oh, yes. Because this aired on TV, this was the dub. So that was another reason why I wanted to watch the the Sci-Fi Channel like broadcast version so we could rewatch the dub. But it wasn't just any other English dub. This was an ocean, ocean dub. <laughs> <laughs> and for those of you who might not be familiar with Ocean, Ocean Studios was a big studio and well there's they still exist they're just not as big as they used to be but they used to dub a lot of anime for pioneer for viz uh for didn't they do like four kids too mm-hmm. and a bunch of and a bunch of Canadian cartoons. Mm -hmm. uh, like, they were very prolific, but, but especially for anime. If, I mean, if we if there's a section on these actors, I've got the notes for it. Oh, yeah, we can talk about those actors. Oh, um, boy. Uh, <laughs> oh, boy. Because the cast was actually pretty stacked for a, for a, for an ocean dub. There's, there's a lot of ocean regulars in there. Also, good to note... That this was an ocean dub featuring the word fit system. And for those of you who don't remember. I'm glad you didn't do the bam, 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 bam for the word fit system. <laughs> no, we don't do that for the word fit system. Because <laughs> the word fit system uh, was something that was invented specifically for anime dubs and this was heavily used especially by ocean and viz media back in the early 90s uh it was a computer program that they invented that would count the lip flaps yeah. of every character's dialogue yeah. and it would suggest uh you would put the the, the translated script into it and it would suggest how to write the lines based off of how many lip flaps the character had. And this seems like a great idea at first, but this led to a lot of awkward pausing in the dialogue. <laughs> I went to a convention where Mark Hildreth, the voice of Terry Bogart in The Fatal Fury, anime and hero yui and gundam wing i went to a panel where he talked about how awkward it was to record anything that the word fit system gave him yeah yeah because like uh, the lines would make perfect sense and they would fit but there would be times where you had to like make it fit with a really awkward pause yeah like there's one specifically that made me laugh while we were watching this where he goes, 
what's your name? <laughs> and I was like, Line. What the hell was that? <laughs> Why couldn't you just be like, what's your name, kid, or something like that? Like, that would make more sense. That'd Not, be, that would be what's too your easy. name? <laughs> I was like, oh. Budget. Budget script adaptation. Well, it wasn't even like a budget because the WordFit system was expensive. It was a computer program that they made specifically for this. So it wasn't cheap. But it was cheap. Cheaply uh, produced. It, it, it gave you cheap dialogue. It felt like it gave you cheap results is what you're saying, yes. I think. Yeah, which... I'm really glad that we don't have to uh, deal with that anymore. Like, I understand, like, like I said, in theory, the word fit system seems great. But, like, in practice, not so much. <laughs> not so much, unfortunately. Oh, <laughs> uh, so sad. <laughs> but, yeah, anytime you're watching... An old dub that was done by uh, Ocean, uh, specifically in the the early 90s that was released by Pioneer or Viz. It most likely would have in the credits if it used the word fit system. Yep. And uh, this was one of those things that was like using the word fit system. And I was like, oh, Yay. that explains so much. <laughs> But, yeah, I was really excited to hear this dub again, because even though I would not say this was, like, a top-tier ocean dub, it was pretty... The cast was pretty good. The word fit system makes some of it a little awkward, though, but the actors themselves were actually quite good. So, Midi... Who who was in this, uh... Who was in this dub? Let's see, uh, we had... Jason Gray Stanford as the titular Ran. Uh-huh. And we heard him as Joe in Fatal Fury. Mm-hmm. And he was Godai in Maison Koku. <gasps> and Sherlock Holmes in Sherlock Holmes in the 20, 22nd century. Oh, my God. And Raditz in Dragon Ball Z. Oh, he was the Ocean Raditz? He was the Ocean Raditz. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. Top tier ocean. Oh, that ocean Dragon Ball Z dub. And starring as Ira, Janice Jod, who still does some acting. Oh, in yeah. It. Really? Yeah. She she was in Gintama. Oh, who's she in Gintama? Tei Shimura. She, she was also Kagura in Inuyasha. Oh, she was Kagura. Yeah. Oh, neat. But most importantly... Mm-hmm. She was she played very important characters in Ed Ed and Eddie. Oh <laughs> like like Sarah. Kira! <gasps> Sarah! Oh my god, Kira! We must we must get the water, Sarah! Oh, 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 oh. I can point this out because uh very relevant to the release of the Mega Man uh, Battle Network Legacy Collection. Oh yeah. Yeah, she was Miss Mari in the Mega Man NT Warrior cartoon, oh. which recently got uploaded in full to YouTube. Oh, so there you go, Mega Man Battle Network fans. Yeah, there's there you your go. there's your connection. <laughs> 
Akemi and Meizane Koku. Oh, she was Akemi and Meizane Koku? Yes. Akemi is iconic. I love she her. She is iconic. I love her. Yeah, she's been, she's done quite... Oh, she was also Kana in Inuyasha. Oh, so she was Kagura and Kana. And Mrs. Troxworth in the newer My Little Pony. Oh, the, uh, what you call it? Friendship, Friendship is, is magic. magic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of overlap between ocean dub anime actors and My Little Pony Friendship is Magic, which is... And Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Which is very funny to me. <laughs> uh, who we got? Uh, I know Paul Dobson was in there. Oh, yeah, Paul Dobson. Who, like... Uh, One I, of the best ocean actors. I love him. He's got such a cool voice. Yeah. I mean, he didn't have very, very important parts uh he was laszlo yeah who's yeah. laszlo <laughs> uh, he, he was one of the the environmental terrorist guys rhetorical question yeah he was uh part of hazard but uh he was zarbon in oceans dragon ball yes he was also falcon in the ocean dub uh brilliant casting right Escaflon. there yeah like one of the only characters that i was like yes yes Absolutely. <laughs> Paul Dobson as Falcon, 100% great casting. Mm-hmm. And Naraku in Inuyasha. Yeah. Big, he, he was great in that, he too. Was, he was great in that. Very, very well cast. He is in a, he's got an amazing evil voice. He, he is really good at playing um, evil characters or just, like, tormented anti-heroes. <laughs> but... Falcon might be the best. Yeah, yeah. Falcon <laughs> is the one that I'm always like, yeah, like I'm not really into the ocean dub of Escaflone, but him as Falcon, really Perfect. good. Like, Perfect, no notes. Yes, no notes. <laughs> and David Kay, David Kay was one of the bishops and a bunch of the Rotus soldiers. Mm-hmm. And before he made Bank with the Ratchet and Clank series... And then even more bank with the Transformers franchise. <laughs> and then even more bank being John Oliver's announcer. Oh, yeah, that's right. He, d- he did some ocean dubs, like a yeah. Trace Kushinata in Gundam Wing. Yeah, Kushinata. And Sashomaru. <gasps> Mr. Fluffy himself. Or as my ex calls him, Sashomaru. Sashomaru. <laughs> Sashomaru. <laughs> oh, and a... Uh, Kathleen Barr. Yes, Kathleen Barr. As Big Bad in Green Legend Ran. Well, one of them. Yeah, she was the... the silver the, maiden. Sil- the silver hair maiden slash, like, weird alien spirit scary thing. Who we've heard, who we hear in reboots as Dot Matrix. Yep. Morgan and Darkstalkers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin and Ed, Ed and Eddie. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Trixie Lula Moon. In My Little Pony. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Johnny Test as mom, but whatever on Johnny Test. But I'm sure some people like it. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, Kathleen Barr, she's great. Mm-hmm. Very talented. Yes, 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 yes. Love her. Uh, Richard Richard Ian Cox, a.k.a. Inuyasha yeah, himself. Yeah, a.k.a. Inuyasha. Playing the tortured, the tortured silver-haired guy mm-hmm. who met an unfortunate fate. Yes. Sad. Yes. Who, like, he sounds very different in that role. Like, mm-hmm. I almost didn't recognize him. Um, he also, I believe, took over as male Ranma in the later seasons of the Ranma dub. Which was a huge mistake. I mean, I see it, but, like, not my favorite. Sarah Strange is still my favorite. Oh, yeah. Male Ranma. Uh, 
If we're talking Debronma. Doc Harris as Jeek, a.k.a. Redacted. A.k.a. Spoiler for the end of the, mo- the movie. That's why I said Redacted. <laughs> it, it was the the ocean narrator for Dragon Ball Dragon Ball Z. Mm-hmm. Yeah, before... Um, Kyle Hebert. Yes, before <laughs> Kyle Hebert took over as a narrator for the Funimation dub. And Michael Donovan, who's, Be- who's Beta and one of the other bishops. And... For me personally, mm-hmm. my favorite role of his, Mike TV in Reboot. <laughs> Mike TV. <laughs> 99, 99, 99, 99. <laughs> <sighs> and one of the other bishops, uh, Terry Classen, who's Ocean's Krillin. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry I'm not getting to full detail, because so much to go through. Yeah. And I haven't even mentioned who I thought was the best performer in all of Green Legend Ran. Who was your favorite? Gerard Plunkett as Kiba. <gasps> yeah. He was great. He was super... You know, his voice reminded me of... um. Oh, gosh, what's his name? Harvey Firestein? Yeah, he reminds me of Harvey Firestein, like a young Harvey Firestein, which I love his voice. It's so unique and cool. It's like it was almost borderline Harvey Firestein without outright trying to sound like him. It wasn't wasn't like Mystery of Mama, where Mama definitely sounds like (laughs) Harvey Firestein, but him. (laughs) Like a bootleg Harvey Firestein. No, it's um, uh, the way he performs... And the way he's so confident in his performance. And his voice is just, like, so unique and cool. Uh, it just it just sounded like he was in a tier that was different from a lot of the other actors that tried, yeah. to, that tried to do word fit. For sure, for like sure. Like, he, he somehow was able to make it work in his he, favor. He was acting his ass off. And it, was, it was good. Like, I think he was by far... The best actor in this and movie. He d- he does live action roles more than dubs, like, which is probably why he's such a good actor. The only other <laughs> voiceover role I saw was Scarab in Mummies Alive, which is wild to me. I'm like, yo, this was one of the only voiceover roles you ever did, and it fucking slaps. It's so good. Uh, one of the things that caught my attention was he was in Sucker Punch. Really? Yeah. That's weird. He was the stepdad. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Interesting. You heard it here first. The the direct tie between Green Legend Ran and Sucker Punch. And that's not even the best tie Green Legend connection Green Legend Ran has, but I'm sure we'll get into that once we talk about the staff. But yeah, I, I totally agree. He he fucking stole the show. Anytime he was in a scene, he ate the scenery up. Yeah, I I think. Honestly, I liked uh, English Kiba more than Japanese Kiba, and Japanese Kiba was voiced by King Piccolo. Mm, mm-hmm, not mm-hmm. the pic, not Great Dad Piccolo, the evil son of a bitch Piccolo. Yeah, the evil fucking Piccolo. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. I think this is one instance where I actually do prefer that dub performance over the Japanese one. I think, but just barely, just barely, because yeah. they're both really good. But, um, yeah, he, he's so talented. Like, 
I I totally agree that he was definitely my favorite of the the whole cast. Anytime he was on, I was like, yeah, this guy fucking gets it, man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This guy is so talented. He's and he's been on other TV shows for a few episodes. I'm looking at his IMDb page right now. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. And Anything uh cool or recent? I Zombie. Oh, okay. Oh, he was in Supernatural. Psych. Psych. Sucker Punch, there's Sucker Punch. 2012. Oh my god, 2012. <laughs> Smallville. Oh, okay. That's Dr. Donovan Jameson for two episodes. He was in Snakes on a Plane. <laughs> Amazing. So, like David Kay, Gerard Plunkett uh, was making bank outside of anime. <laughs> Yeah, as he should. Uh, he seems like a very, very talented actor, <laughs> and uh, he totally stole the show for me in this in this dub. I mean, the ocean actors they did get, they were pretty good, given what they had to work with. Yeah, yeah. Nothing against them. No, but uh, I feel like. But Kiba, Kiba was fantastic. Yeah, Kiba was fantastic. He, I, his performance might have been my favorite part. Of rewatching this Green Legend ran for this episode. Yeah, I feel like if the if the ADR had been just a little bit better, um, like if the ADR director had been able to write a script directly instead of being confined to the word fit system, I feel like they could have gotten an even better performance out of these actors. Uh, but you know, unfortunately, the actors are only you know as good as their script. And they were doing their damnedest, and I think for what they had to work with, mm-hmm. they did a really, you know, decent job. It, I mean, it's not their fault that their director is like, here's this script, there's going to be a bunch of fucking awkward pauses, good luck. You know, it's not their fault, mm-hmm. <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, some some really stellar ocean dub actors in this one. So if you are a fan of those old ocean dubs... That alone, I feel like Green Legend Ran is definitely worth your time. Yeah, I think a few, a few times Ocean has gotten actors that have that are more experienced with live action mm-hmm. than than cartoons. Like Mark Hildreth, he does more live action nowadays. Yeah, yeah. And the actor that they got to voice L in Death Note, he mm-hmm. does more live action than yeah. voiceover. I think. Um, the thing with like Ocean is Ocean Studios is based in Canada and there's a lot of Canadian actors up there who they kind of get their start with doing voiceover and then they sort of like they see it as a jumping off point for doing other things. Mm-hmm. So or they're doing multiple things like they're doing live action and they're doing anime, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um and if I recall Ocean was based in Vancouver. Yeah, it was. And a lot of acting stuff takes place in Vancouver. Shit, you might have to do an episode on... Just on, like, ocean stuff? (laughs) Yeah, because of how timeless it is to anime as we grew up, Mm -hmm. renting it at Blockbuster or reading about it in Animerica. If you were in a very specific age group... Yes. um, Chances are the dub you were watching was from Ocean. mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Very mm -hmm. highly likely at the time. Because if I recall, there are some uh, people who worked with Ocean who also had like cameo appearances in like random X-Files episodes because X-Files was not only filmed 
in like various locations in like you know Hollywood and LA and stuff but they would also fly up to Vancouver for like the the outdoorsy shit like in the forests and whatnot uh and so they would get like Vancouver actors and so there was a little bit of overlap with that and that also explains like why he was uh Gregory Plunkett who we were talking about Gerard Plunkett or Gerard Plunkett thank you who uh was like in some episodes of like Smallville and other CW shows like Supernatural because they filmed those in Vancouver mm-hmm. because it's cheaper to film in Canada than it is in America. So a lot of stuff is, you know, and ends up being shot in Canada. Plus Canada is very beautiful. And so if you want your thing to be like, Oh, we're in the woods in like, uh, Oregon, you just go up to Canada because it basically looks the same. <laughs> it just it just sounds like he had he has done acting for years yeah compared to everyone else like yeah. mm-hmm. his, his page said like he had theater experience stand-up experience improv yeah a lot of um actors who dipped into ocean dubs like kind of also had that like if i recall didn't mark hildegreth like have sort of a background like that too for a while mm, kind of yeah yeah mark hildegreth of- was a Graduate of the National Theater School of Canada, mm-hmm. according to Wikipedia. Yeah, yeah. So that's not, like, totally out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway. But. I feel like I could, I could be going on and on and yeah, on about we, his performance. <laughs> but there's so much. We haven't even talked about the behind-the-scenes stuff. Yeah, like the like the staff of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I cannot wait to do this. Okay, so, um, like I mentioned previously, like, this was an original concept this wasn't based off of anything um so the script was written by Yu Yamamoto and that is wild he also wrote scripts for oh you know just some little old titles you know little known anime that you probably haven't heard of like Mobile Suit Gundam that is wild or or to say Yatsura that what we got out of Green Legend Ran came from that <laughs> mind or Gachaman 2 uh you know nothing important or anything <laughs> I know when I was looking that up I was like wait really yeah <laughs> I was like this was the script writer for Green Legend Ran that's amazing I didn't know that I feel like uh a lot of you are going to have your minds blown. This is just the beginning. Yeah. Um, if you've ever seen Green Legend Ren before and you thought, hey, this kind of looks like that Final Fantasy The Legend of the Crystals OVA that came out in 1994. That sounds like Tenchi Muyo if you watch it in English. Well, that's because it shares some key animators like Kenji Teraoka and Yoshiharu Shizumu who worked on both. That's probably why everybody looks so expressive. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm pretty sure some of those like really cool cuts that we were both talking about that we really, really liked were done by either... Um, Teroka or Shimizu because mm-hmm. uh, they very explicitly kind of look like that sort of style. The OVA was directed by Satoshi Saga, who also directed Saturday anime staples such as Armitage and the movie version Polymatrix. Wild. Um, he Another also, Saturday anime staple. Yeah, like I said. Um, he also directed the 90s Hunter Hunter OVA. Uh, that some, looked really good. Some episodes of Bubblegum Crisis 2040. And he even directed a little bit of Fushugi Yugi. Is that all, though? Mm, 
I don't know. There there was something that you said you might have uh, yes. been interested in that yeah, 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 directed. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. You should see the big grin <laughs> on Mitty's face right now. When I was asked to be on this episode, I was thinking, uh, I don't know. I got mixed feelings about it. But then when I found out this, my excitement went up. So Satoshi Saga, I was looking up notes just so I... Didn't sound awkward, that I at least sounded like I knew what I was talking about, or that I actually enjoyed this. Mm-hmm. Satoshi Saga was also the director of the Rusty Nail anime music video that X Japan did. Yeah, the official anime music video. Yes. That was commissioned by X Japan for their uh, music video. He also did the storyboards for it, too. Mm hmm. Mhm. Mhm. So, if you've ever seen the uh the very 90s looking pretty boy anime looking music video for X Japan's Rusty Nail, that was him. That was him. And um it does kind of look very similar to some of the the scenes that you would see in Green Legend ran. There's there's a there's a bit of like an overlap. There's like this post-apocalyptic aliens feeling going on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you've ever seen that music video, which that music video freaking rules. Well, if you're talking to me, X Japan in general freaking rules. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I mean, also me. I love X Japan. Duh. <laughs> but yeah, and you get to see anime he day. Yeah, you get to see Anime Hide and, and Anime, anime Yoshiki. Yoshi- and of course, Anime Yoshiki looks like the hottest bishonen. Of course, he has to be. <laughs> it's like a law. <laughs> if you're going to make Anime Yoshiki, he has to be the most hottest alien angel bishonen guy. Because he's Yoshiki. <laughs> the ultimate Jesus allegory. <laughs> For sure. Oh, my gosh. But, yeah, like, when you told me that, I was like, are you kidding me? I had no idea. Neither did I. It was so wild. And then we immediately had to sit down and watch Rusty Nail. It was part of the research. Yes, for research. It was for science. For for science? Yes. Oh. Science. Science. This is important information that we had to consume for your entertainment. Yes, very important. On an unrelated note, look up the Rusty Nail music video. Yeah, it friggin' rules. Yes. It's very 90s, but it it's very cool. It's <laughs> like you get to see basically the whole band of X Japan animated as 90s like pretty boys. Uh and they actually look older. It, they're not teenage pretty boys. They're like men. Which I appreciate. Except Yoshiki, who just looks like he drinks from the Fountain of Youth. Well, yeah, but that's like real Yoshiki. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. Those are facts. Those are Yoshiki facts. Those are Yoshiki facts. (laughs) Okay, where were we? Oh, okay. So character designs for uh, Green Legend Ram were done by... Yoshimitsu Ohashi, who is actually better known for key animating things such as uh, Bao, which is the um, the weird superhero thing that um, Hirohiko Iraki, creator of JoJo's, JoJo's. Bizarre Adventures, uh, made. Um, Ice City, which is something I reviewed long, long, long ago. Uh, uh, Devil Hunter Yoko, uh, a very old ADV, like one of the first ADV releases back in the day. 
and Fatal Fury the Movie, another Saturday anime staple, just to name a few. Wasn't I on the episode where you talked about that? Yeah. Well, throwback. Well, that's good because that's probably one. Of, that was one of my favorite Saturday anime experiences. Mm-hmm. That and this one, <laughs> both and, for completely different reasons. Yeah, and the music for Green Legend Ran was done by Yochiro Yoshikawa. Oh, the score was so good. Yeah, the music. Uh, we didn't really talk about the music, but the music in this was actually very, very good. Uh-huh. It reminded me a lot of like old school stuff, like not as synthy like Venus Wars or something. Nah, if you're if you're gonna compare, if you're gonna think about uh, Venus Wars, uh, Joe Osaichi, he he's great, but very heavy heavy on the synths. When, well, back in the day, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it kind of gave that vibe a little bit. It, so it sort of dipped into some of its uh, very ethereal, uh, very ethereal, very haunting. I, I feel like it dipped into a lot of its um, the things that influenced it. So like it gave a lot of like Nausicaa vibes at times. Um, I w- I would say Iria, but uh, they actually worked on that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but like I, it was. It's like I was saying. Um, Yoshikawa did music for a bunch of Saturday anime staples, like Era Zerium, the animation. One of the best oh. Saturday anime sta- staples. Dominion Tank Police and New Dominion Tank Police. Another so. good one. I mean, they're all great staples, but Era way up there. Yeah, I know that's a favorite of yours too. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's kind of synthy, but not like heavy synth. Nah. Uh, it's it's kind of just like a light sort of sci-fi fantasy feel uh, soundtrack which didn't take away from the viewing aspect of it. So I really appreciate a soundtrack that can add to the experience but not like overpower it. So. So. You said earlier when we first started that you weren't going to talk about how you felt about the film yet. Right. So, before we get into questions and stuff, I think we should talk about how we personally liked or didn't like the film. Mm-hmm. So, Midi. Well, when I saw it on Saturday Anime, I remember thinking it was memorable that it was a fine movie, so to speak. Like I, I didn't. I wouldn't put it as high as I did Fatal Fury or Iria, mm-hmm. but I still liked it enough. I, I mean, like I said in the beginning, I was very curious about it when I saw completely out of context the bishops uh, messing with Ira. Mm-hmm. So that gave me the incentive to watch the whole thing. Mm. Then. Years later, many, 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 many years later, I rented the crappy DVD on Netflix. <laughs> and I remember thinking, man, this is crappy. I, what did I like about this before? Mm-hmm. And then when you talked about doing a Green Legend Rand episode and you asked me to be on it, I was thinking, how did I feel about it? Did I like it? Did I not like it? I mean, there has to be things I liked about it. There... Might have been some things I didn't like about it. And doing this rewatch, that was it. There were some things that stood out. There were some things that I kind of got the, eh, it's been done vibe. Mm. Mm-hmm. But I think I've kind of kind of said it already that uh, 
the dream sequences, the body horror stuff, and Kiba, English Kiba. Mm. Those were great. Right. Everything else kind of, eh, it's been done. Mm. Not ter- Oh, the music, the, the score was great. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh-huh. So, all in all, uh, maybe solid B, B minus. And I did have one problem. Mm. No matter how many times I watched this, I could never remember how it ended. Back then, on Saturday Anime, when I rewatched it through Netflix, I could never remember the ending. Mm. Yeah, that was something I also distinctly remember... Uh, when we were first talking about this, I was like, I cannot remember the ending to this for the life of me. I really can't. Some, something blew up, and then what happened? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not telling you what happens, but it is kind of open-ended. And I was like, oh, that's probably why I didn't remember. Because I was like, wait, what? <laughs> but I would have to agree with you. Uh, I would give it a solid B minus C plus, because... I wouldn't say this is, like, the best thing that uh, Saturday Anime ever aired, but it's definitely not the worst, and the good parts are cool. It's technically different, I say this in quotes, different than what the others, other Saturday Anime presentations had, because the majority of them were strictly sci-fi, strictly fantasy, fantasy. This was a little bit of everything. I felt like, yeah, it's it's a decent mis- mix of sci-fi fantasy, and I think and I think that's why it resonated with me so much because it was such a conglomerate of all these different genres mm, mm-hmm. compared to what Saturday Anime had shown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say it's like my favorite thing ever. I wouldn't say it's total garbage. It is it is a solid piece of work. Uh, if you like cool fantasy stuff like uh, a lot of the titles we talked about like you know Future Boy Conan, Nausicaa, Nadia's Secret of Blue Water uh, and the, even mm. the live action stuff we talked about like Mad Max and whatnot. In, uh, in 2023 there are definitely better alternatives. Yeah uh, but it's something that's like like kind of forgotten nowadays I feel like. I feel like you. this came out in a window where like you either saw it on <laughs> Saturday anime or you had no idea it even existed. Like, that's that's it. Only two types of anime fans. <laughs> those who saw Green Legend ran on TV and... And those who did not. Exactly. <laughs> the only two types. Um, so, like, if, if you want to experience something that, you know, the... The story isn't anything, like, ultra unique or anything, but, like, it has very nice animation, the music is fun, the, the it has a pretty solid dub, the Japanese cast is great, mm-hmm. I will say. Uh, I have seen the Japanese version before, and it's, you know, totally, totally good. Um, so, you know, either way you choose to consume it, um, it's worth watching at least once. It's not a bad way to spend uh, an afternoon uh, which is, you know, how we watched it back in the day, like Saturday anime. It's not, it's not a bad way to waste an afternoon. You have, you have two and a half hours to kill. Well, here you go. <laughs> and if you watch the broadcast thing like we did, you can 
consume all the the weird '90s commercials that we had to watch while we, you know, sat through to uh, to watch our anime. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Green Legend ran. Uh, holds up okay. Mm-hmm. Like the the great thing about it being like a sci-fi fantasy also is that like it didn't age poorly at all. In fact, I think because of its pro-environmentalist message, uh it's only become more relevant, <laughs> honestly. But as I said, there today in 2023 there are better telling, there are better environment Bad, protect the environment stories like oh, sure. like Nasca or Future Warrior Conan. Yeah, but, exactly. But what makes Green Legend Rand stand out is how it's integrated with all these other genres. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a bit more post apocalyptic feeling, and a little bit more like I don't know, mature ish uh, than Future Boy Conan. Uh, it's it's got more of that Mad Max feeling into it. Oh yeah, yeah. Than than Future Boy Conan, which is a lot more like lighthearted and family friendly. Not to say that in a bad way. I love Future Boy Conan, obviously. Clearly. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's a solid piece of work. Uh, check it out if you want to see a little piece of forgotten pioneer anime history. But with that said, we do have a few questions. Let's see. Um, several people asked, do we still feel the same way about this title now that we've rewatched it? We kind of went over that already, I guess. Yep. Like, I, when I first watched it, I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. Uh, but I've since been like, eh, it's, it's good. But, like, now that I've seen Not the more, worst. it's, I wouldn't say it's, like, my favorite. And I don't think it was ever, like, a favorite back then anyway. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. I would say that I've gotten gent. My my opinion has softened a bit. Yeah, mine too. Yeah. Um, several people also basically commented with "Hell yeah, ocean dubs." <laughs> <laughs> Again, you need to do one episode just about ocean dubs in general. Um, I got a great email from someone named uh, I don't I I'm not sure if they pronounce it Vi or V. Um, either way, uh, Vi V. Asks uh, several questions, and I think these were all very, very good questions. So the first one was, for years I've heard on the internet that Green Legend ran was a, quote, trial run of sorts for now and then, here and there. While the two anime do feel distinctly similar and both came out of AIC, I see almost no overlap on their staff lists. Have you ever heard of this rumor or have any insight into it? I've never actually heard that rumor, but now that you say it, I can see why people would make that connection because the the story is kind of similar, you know, like a uh, scrappy little dude is trying to save silver-haired maiden in a post-apocalyptic setting. I've only seen a little bit of now and then here and there, mm-hmm. ironically, on the sci-fi channel. Yeah, because they, <laughs> they also aired some of that back in the day, not for Saturday Anime, this was no, later. No, this was, this was their... Was there Annie Mondays? Annie Mondays, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But um, I, I don't... Mm, I don't want to say never, you know, never say never when it comes to anime, but I've never heard anything that officially was like, oh, yeah, this was a trial run for for that. But since it was done by AIC, it wouldn't surprise me if they were like, 
oh, what if we, you know, we've done this kind of story before. What if we did something similar, but we expanded upon it or we changed it up a little, like, you know, made it like differently. Uh, that wouldn't ter terribly surprise me. But yeah, I I don't know if like they've ever officially said anything like that. If they have, I've never heard it. Um, and I've never heard that rumor either, but I can see how that rumor could start because they are kind of similar and they have a similar vibe. So I see where those people are coming from. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. Mm, mm. Uh, second question that they sent was, according to the credits, episode one was produced by MTV, not AIC. Do you know if that's the Japanese branch of the TV channel that used to play music videos or is it something else? Okay, so fun fact. Uh, for those of you who don't know, back in the 90s, MTV got into animation. And for a while, they really sort of pushed their own creative, like, indie animated works. Like, this is how we got things like Aeon Flux, The Max, uh, Cartoon Sushi, Liquid Television, um, all that oh, kind I of stuff. Oh, I remember Cartoon Sushi. Yeah, remember? <laughs> I haven't thought of that in ages. You're like, there's a name I haven't heard in years. <laughs> and I'm assuming that they probably had some overseas animation, like, studio branches because they, you know, MTV was also occasionally airing anime on their channel back in the 90s because, you know, anime was, like, the cool new underground thing, right? Mm -hmm. So, of course, they wanted to jump in on that. And because they were starting to do some of their own animation stuff, I'm assuming that they had animation branches not just in Japan, but probably also in, like, Korea and stuff like that, like most animation studios do, because, you know, a lot of studios do some of their animation overseas, like, you know, a lot of American companies did back in the day and still do. Stuff like The Simpsons, most famously, and uh, Futurama, they, they outsourced a lot of their animation and still do to Korea, for example. So... Because of that, like I said, I'm pretty sure that MTV had a branch of their animation studios in Japan. And so, yes, uh, they actually did produce, they helped produce the first episode of Green Legend Ran, the very first OVA. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know how that worked. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it is in the credits on the official release that, yes, MTV Music Television did help produce the first episode. Um, I don't know if, like, they were trying their hand at maybe getting into, like, the anime biz or something. Uh, I'm pretty sure they also pro helped produce a couple of other things, but not very much. If you, like, look at their... Um, listings in the um, Anime News Network Encyclopedia. There's like a few, but not like a ton. Um, so I don't, I, I don't know how that came to pass. But yes, that is in fact MTV, the same music television that you used to go to watch 
music videos on. Hmm. Which is pretty wild to think about. <laughs> another another thing that uh, a Green Legend Rand is tied to, MTV. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought? And Maison and Koku. Uh, yeah. So many things. So many things. Like, it's, I am remembering a few things that Gerard actually voiced over that I probably should have mentioned. Oh. He was Yotsuya in Maison Koku. What? He was Mr. Yotsuya? Yep. Oh my god, that's so funny. And he was in the the Rama One Half movie, Nihau My Concubine. Concubine. Yeah, he was the bird warrior guy. Oh, interesting. Dang. That's kinda cool. Hmm. I wanted I wanted that knowledge out there in case someone is listening like Oh, you, but you forgot this. You forgot this. Because oh. <laughs> that's what happened when I talked about the English cast of uh, Whisper of the Heart. Mm-hmm. That I forgot to mention a few credits, Aww. which are understandable. Mm-hmm. That I, don't, I did not want to repeat that mistake twice. Oh, you're fine. You're <laughs> fine. I'm sure no one's going to break down my door and be like, hey, you forgot. He was Mr. Yotsuya. That was his most important anime role right there. <laughs> not Kiba. Not Kiba. <laughs> I mean, Maze and Yikoku is pretty beloved, so. Uh, okay, and the last question from uh, V or Vi. When Pioneer first entered the U.S. market, they launched with three different anime titles. Tenchi Muyo, Kishin Heidan slash Alien Defender Geo Armor Kishin Corpse, and Green Legend Ran. We all know Tenchi Muyo would go on to be a huge hit, but what are your thoughts on Green Legend Ran being the headline title for a new brand? Was it strong enough for that? Um, Nice question. That is a very good question. I don't... I think back then, Pioneer was, was doing what most anime companies were doing, which was releasing what they can and, you know, seeing what stuck. And they were really lucky with Tenchi Muyo, like... It's kind of wild to think that they were like, uh, yeah, Kishin Corpse, uh, that that would be good. Uh, Green Legend Ran, sure. I think Tetsu Muyo in love being on Saturday Anime helped as well. That's true. And Green and at the like I said at the time there weren't many anime that dealt with the environment, at least yeah. here in the states. So. Yeah. They had that advantage. Yeah, they they were like you know this is pretty unique and. It's not really like anything else that anyone is putting out. So I can see why they would throw it out there because it would be something that could appeal to many different tastes. I don't know if they were hoping it would be like some huge hit or anything. But again, I think they were just like tossing out titles to be like, okay, well, this is different. This is kind of new. Maybe, like, let's see what the reception is from the fans. Like, let's see what what sticks. It, it is kind of an odd choice, though. I am glad that eventually they did release other things as well. Because um, I think if this was the only three things they ever released, we'd be like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, what's up with that? But it is interesting to go back and be like, to sit and think, like, wow, these were really, like, the their three, like, flagship, like, starting point titles. Like, it would have been interesting to be a fly on the wall in that meeting to be like, okay, we gotta decide what are, what are gonna be our three 
first major releases and then just like have them just watch them sit there and be like i think it should be this or i think it should be that like how did they pin it down to these three like i'm i I would be very curious to know what the process was tenshi murio had the ladies green legend ran had a little bit of everything but violence but especially the violence I uh, can't say much about the other one. Kishin Court was, uh, I haven't seen it in a long time, but it was more of like a, an alternate history fiction. It's like a, it's like a World War II alternative retelling, but there's like aliens and, and uh, robots and technology and shit. But it's like, if I recall, it wasn't nearly as exciting as it sounds. <laughs> It was more, it's that kind of historical fiction that's kind of like, you you added all this cool technology, but yet somehow it's still boring. At least that's what I remember. I haven't seen it in years, so <laughs> I could be totally wrong. But I remember being like, wow, this is boring. I remember like renting the first volume and like, not liking it at all. Uh, but yeah, maybe they were trying to uh, tap into that like older otaku, like history buff sort of market maybe i don't know well saving private ryan was pretty big in the late 90s so yeah but this was early 90s this was like uh well actually like mid 90s so like i was kind of closing in on that yeah possibly but yeah like history nerds Mm -hmm. like maybe they were trying to get into that kind of thing but uh, it's definitely not something I'm interested in. Not really my type of thing. So I was definitely not who they were trying to entice with that kind of title. <laughs> so two out of three ain't bad. I mean, you weren't not going to get like you with Tenchi Muyo. Because the girls. Yeah. It's like, oh, all these pretty anime girls. Uh, of course, people are going to watch that. And the dub makes Tenchi sound like Kermit the Frog. <laughs> what what a winner. <laughs> but yeah, again, it, it would be interesting to hear what the what the process was uh, coming up with those three titles. But um, but yeah, it, it is kind of weird to think that like Pioneer was like, oh, absolutely. Uh, Tenchi Moyo, Kishin Corpse, Green Legend Rand. We have, you know, three bangers here for you. <laughs> for you and you're like looking back at that going like wow it's kind of amazing what we thought of as like you know banger anime back in the day banger after banger after banger after banger after banger after banger (laughs) what was that it's something for the wwe fans watching this right now oh but uh back in the day i feel like uh green legend ran was probably uh, an interesting enough pick to put in there. I don't know if it stood the the test of time, but, uh, you know, like we said, interesting enough. And uh, we have one more, which isn't really a question, but more of a uh, comment. Uh, Beam, Cam- Beam Cannon uh, said, To make sure to shout out the absolutely lovely English credits ending song, I love it to this day, Tears and Rain. Hey, did you know that uh, the English version of Tears and Rain is absolutely lovely? <laughs> there, I did it. 
Uh, but I was going to say that the, the English version, I think, is actually performed by the same woman who performed the English version of the Phantom Quest Corp uh, opening, which is an absolute banger. After banger, after banger. <laughs> me doing it <laughs> um but it is a very pretty cover yeah yeah for for real it is is a nice cover uh pioneer uh was really good at making english versions of their songs back in the day like they really produced the hell out of those mm-hmm. and i really uh thought they were actually very good because there were a lot of companies that tried to do english covers for their dubs of the, like, opening and ending songs, and they were not good. Uh, but Pioneer actually, like, they found some insanely talented artists to do their covers, and they were done really, really well. Um, that was something that always surprised me, how how mm-hmm. good those were. Like, even the Tenchi Muyo openings in English were, like, pretty fun. Yeah, they were. Um, the Phantom Quest Court, uh, opening, like I said, freaking rules. Like, that's, I actually prefer the English opening to the Japanese one, <laughs> if you can believe it. Um. And when you're good, you're good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Tears and Rain is, is a very, very nice cover. It is absolutely lovely. Yes. Just like Bean Cannon said, absolutely lovely. I... I do agree. And yet another banger on top of all the other bangers that Green Legend Ran <sighs> gave us directly or indirectly. <laughs> okay, Mr. WWE fan over here. <laughs> so I think that about wraps it up for this episode. Uh, Midi, did you have any final thoughts before we signed off? Relating to Green Legend Ran and not anything else. <laughs> well, this episode is about Green Legend Ran, uh-huh. so we can't really talk about anything else, really. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I think I've covered all that I had to say about the banger that is Green Legend Ran. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it it is one of those things that, like, um, it's it's kind of slipped through the cracks over the years. Uh, it doesn't help that, like, it hasn't really gotten... Uh, that great of releases. Uh, even the the Sentai one that kind of slipped in there in 2017 wasn't all that great, unfortunately. Uh, you know, hopefully, you know, maybe in the future that'll change. Uh, I would love to see it get a, you know, uh, a picture upgrade of some kind. Uh, maybe not even HD or just something slightly better than... <laughs> The the old DVD video. Help us, discotheque. You're our only hope. <laughs> uh, I feel like it's just one of those sort of titles that, like like we said, if you if you saw it, then you were like, oh, that was kind of cool. But if you weren't at the right place at the right time of being an anime fan, then you probably have no idea it even exists. Uh, which is kind of unfortunate because you know. All things aside, it's 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 a fun little watch. Uh, it's fun to see where things of the past inspired and informed a, a title like this. Maybe maybe you talking about uh, Grand Legend Ran can will a re-release into existence like you did with El Hazard. 
<laughs> that would be pretty cool. <laughs> I, w- I would love that. I would love that. And I would love to see that director's uh, commentary track get back on a disc for people. Um, because it was it was a cool little addition. And we don't get many of those director's commentary things for anime. So, like, when they get lost, it makes me kind of bummed. Because they're little pieces of anime history, you know? So... You know, fingers crossed. Maybe, maybe we'll get a a better release someday in the future. Uh, until then, I totally recommend checking it out. If you are a big fan of uh, environmentalist post-apocalyptic sci-fi fantasy, like uh, it's it's a cool thing that exists. It's you, got some fun animation in there. You heard it, you heard it right here, folks. Green Legend Ran. It exists. <laughs> Thing that exists. Oh, I'm sorry. It's a cool thing that exists. <laughs> Grand Legend ran a review in one sentence. <laughs> it's a cool thing that exists. And, and and it's a you know a fun movie. I feel like um, especially if you're like a younger teen, like I feel like this is definitely something that a younger teen would like because oh for sure because like when this came out you were a younger teen and you were like oh this is kind of cool yeah 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 i i feel like this that's kind of the the age group that would probably really really like it and i feel like if you show this to like a younger teen and they like it be like well hey i have this other show it's called future boy conan (laughs) let's watch it (laughs) you might like it but um but yeah, thank you everybody for uh, all your questions, and also many thanks for those who left me tips this month on Kofi, including Tojiko Mori, Bentai, Bonito, Carobit, Anali, Gavadon, and several people who wish to remain anonymous. Uh, <laughs> thank you all so so much for your generous tips for this uh, my birthday month. Yay! Yay happy birthday! Thank you. <laughs> if you want to get a shout out in the next episode of the podcast to be just as cool as they are, all you have to do is go to my Kofi account and leave me a tip of two or more coffees. I'll have a link to that in the show notes, which you can see at animenostalgia.blogspot.com as well as animenostalgia.tumblr.com where you can also find other relevant links for this episode as well as links to past episodes you can also find this podcast on apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher google play pretty much wherever you get your podcasts just do a search for the anime nostalgia podcast and you can usually find it and while you're there you could always show my podcast some love by leaving it a rating or review I always love seeing what people have to say about the podcast. Or if you want to send me your thoughts and comments directly, or you just want to say hi, you can always email me at animenostalgiapodcast at gmail.com. It might take me a little while to get back to you, but I promise that I do read all the email that I get. Uh, Before we go, Mady, do you have anything you would like to plug? Where can we find you on the World Wide Web? Same places as before, uh... Hosting Apricot Sushi's Community Game Along, uh, playing games and talking about them on my YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. And and your Twitch. And my Twitch sometimes. Well, I'm going to be returning to Twitch on May 12th for a teacher appreciation themed stream. Because you are, in fact, a teacher. Shocking, I know. <gasps> and I appreciate you. <laughs> 
yeah, uh, check out the community game along before you check me out. Uh, that whole idea is great and fantastic. You can play games that fit a specific theme each month. Yeah, it's really fun. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I do it when I when I have the time, and it's and it's a blast. And and if you want to watch me play games or talk about them, just check out my YouTube channel. Yes, you have some really fun videos about all sorts of different video games. And for the intro of every gameplay video I do, well, for which is Gauntlet. Gauntlet is my gameplay video. Each intro, uh, that game start voice you hear, that's Bunny. So shout yeah. out to Bunny for that. That's me. Yeah, and shout out to Bunny for, you know, designing MIDI, the art of MIDI. Oh, yeah, that's right. I did your little character design. Uh-huh. So I, I, Sometimes I forget about that. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, remember that you are in the the gauntlet and yeah, all that stuff. That's true. So shout out to you too. Well, thank you. Uh, I have a lot of fun helping you when I can. Yay, and I appreciate it. <laughs> you are fantastic. Oh, a, a fantastic artist, as you've probably seen with her cards and whatnot. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, I guess that's all for this month, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. As always, I have been your host, Don. And we will see you next time. See you next time for another banger. (laughs) (laughs) You... to see how you promote this episode now. <laughs> it's got connections to Ed, Ed, and Eddie. It's got connections to Extapin. It's got connections to My Little Pony. It's got connections to Snakes on a Plane. <laughs> wow. It's like five degrees of Kevin Bacon. <laughs> Except Green Legend ran. <laughs>